Hey there, I'm Joanne Tambrakis, and this is Marketing, Mindfulness, and Martinis. Unfiltered conversations, or as I like to say, opinions shaken, not stirred, on what's changing and what's not in business and in life as we enter into the next normal. So pour yourself your beverage of choice, and let's get to it. Hello, dear listeners. So it's been quite a while since I've done a solo episode, and that always makes me nervous. I don't understand why, more so than when I am having a guest on the show, so bear with me. Um, But the topic is one that's been on my mind for a while, and that's how paying attention can be a secret weapon to success. So let's start with this. The other day, I was almost in a head-on collision, not in a car, (laughs) but walking down the street. I was trying to avoid the young man who had his head in his iPad. Yes, I did say that, an iPad, not a phone. You've probably all been there. You see them coming. They're swerving right and left across the sidewalk, oblivious to everything that's going on around them. And you're trying to avoid this person swerving in the opposite direction. It wasn't working, but it was getting me more and more annoyed until I stopped. He almost rammed right into me just before I channeled Fran Lebowitz and told him to pretend it's a city. He finally looked up from what I could now see was the video game. He smiled and he kept going. He hadn't a clue. He had not been paying attention to anything but his game and the screen in front of him. You know, I wish I could say this was uncommon, but we all know it's not. The only thing that too many of us are paying attention to these days is the screen in front of us, which is the way it's designed to capture our attention and make it highly addictive. It's called the attention economy, something I'm sure many of you have heard a lot about recently as the Facebook files were uncovered. And it's how the social networks make their money. They try to get our attention, so we click through. More clicks equal more money. There isn't much regard for the quality or the accuracy of the content, although they will tell you that it is, just what gets the most engagement. In fact, and you probably have heard this as well, fake news spreads faster than the truth, resulting in higher engagement levels, which means more clicks and more money. In a sense, we can make the argument that this is how all media has operated for years. Everyone's been trying to get our attention. It's valuable. Print has tried to get us to read, radio to listen, and television to watch. The higher the readership or listenership or viewership, the more money the media can charge to advertisers. But the big difference in the attention economy is that algorithms are driving this race to see who gets our attention and who holds on to it long enough to get us to click through so Mark Zuckerberg can add to his pile of money. Algorithms based on what others have engaged in the most. Algorithms that can get tricked by bots and trolls. Social networks push the content into our feeds, while in the past, Whether we read, listened, or watched something involved a degree of choice and the quality of the content. Now, you could make the case that there still is choice, 
whether or not as individuals we click through. But in the past, there were no addictive algorithms purposely designed to keep us fixated on whatever is in front of us. There were no anonymous bad actors trying to manipulate our social discourse. We knew who the bad actors were. And there were actual adults in the room making decisions whether content was questionable as to its accuracy instead of another set of algorithms doing it for the networks. Although supposedly they're trying to combine this with humans now, I'm just not convinced how hard they're actually trying. And oh, there was a price to pay if it wasn't. And there still is. That's why certain purported news networks have found themselves in defamation lawsuits. But again, this traditional media operates under a different set of rules than social media. Now, if you're not sure what I mean by addictive algorithms, just go scroll through TikTok and plan on 10 minutes and then look at the clock and you'll notice half an hour has passed. Or better yet, just take a look at your own screen time totals on your smartphone and see what's taking up the most of your attention and your time. And keep in mind, we were not carrying those mediums around in our pockets all day. I wasn't carrying a television set with me in my purse. Clearly, things have changed. Now I can go on for the rest of this podcast ranting about the role social networks have played here. As was pointed out to me in a conversation I had recently with Liz Kaplow, who was on episode number 35, and who has known me for a while, I was one of those people who saw only the good in social media in the early days. And as she has noticed, and I'm sure you have, in my writings and podcasts, I have morphed into someone who is having what I like to call a love-hate relationship with it. But again, this is not the point of the episode. The point here is about paying attention and how paying attention, not just to the screen in front of you, but to the world around you can be your secret weapon to success. And not just if you're a marketer, it really works for any field. In fact, it can make you a better human. You know, we can all blame Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and all the rest of the social networks for feeding this addiction to our screens. I could be first in line. But there is something called human agency involved. We allow it to happen. So we can choose to let the race for our attention grow at warp speed, or we can start paying attention to what really matters. We can make a conscious effort to put the phones away And instead of allowing our attention to be hijacked, we can choose who and what we pay attention to. We can look up and we can notice who and what is around us. That's how creativity is nurtured. That's how we can connect the dots. One little sign on the subway could be just the thing that ignites the solution to the problem you left sitting back on your desk. And when you really start to get into this habit, you can start to connect things and learn. You know, this past weekend, I watched Red Notice on Netflix, which was a simple but mindless and very enjoyable escape. And at one point, Dwayne Johnson gets into a Porsche. There is this moment, I'm not going to give anything away to the plot here, but there's a moment where he pushes the button to start the engine and the words Tycon light up across the dashboard. It was such a fantastic example of product placement within a movie. 
something we're seeing more and more of as brands try and figure out a way to become top of mind in such a noisy landscape. Now, I noticed because I was paying attention, not just to the plot of the movie and how hunky Dwayne Johnson is. I made a mental note to compliment John Capella, who's the VP of Portion North America, who I happen to know, and was on episode 33 of the podcast. Paying attention can make us better marketers. It's good for our business, and it can make us better humans. You know, I've found it to be a secret weapon to success. But it doesn't work if all you're paying attention to is your Twitter feed. So humor me and try it out for a day or two. Instead of sitting in Starbucks, sipping your coffee with your hand firmly clasped around your phone, your thumb scrolling through your Instagram feed, just put it away. Enjoy your coffee and see what you notice or better yet, who you might talk to. You know, I had a student several years ago who got engaged while she was in my class. I asked how they met because I'm a nosy person. She told me it was, yes, sitting in a Starbucks. The battery was dead on her iPhone, and she was forced to look up and notice who was sitting at the next table. And there he was, literally the man of her dreams. That's what Dr. Christian Bush, who was on episode number 21, would call a serendipitous encounter. But would it have happened if the only thing holding her attention was her phone and her Instagram stories? You know, I was a shy kid growing up. I know no one believes me, but as my BFF from the fifth grade says, just ask her, she'll tell you. I may not have said a lot in those days, but I observed a lot and I listened. I paid attention. So maybe this paying attention thing is in my blood. I also grew up in New York. There's always a lot to pay attention to around you in this town. In fact, you have to if you want to survive. Drilled into your head early on to pay attention to who and what is in your vicinity so no one does anything crazy like push you in front of a train. And this whole paying attention thing was also reinforced early on in my career. As a newbie radio advertising executive, I was told that wherever I went, I might notice something that would be useful to my business. It could be a matchbook, back when those seemed so plentiful with the name of a new business that could be a lead printed on it or a picture you noticed of a Colorado mountain slope in a client's office that could uncover a mutual love for skiing, get the conversation away from the business for a few minutes and begin to build a relationship. Interesting how despite all this technology, relationships are still the building blocks of any successful career. Paying attention gives you anecdotal evidence. And while that alone is not enough to support your ideas, it is still data. It's just data of a different kind. It's very unstructured. It's the human kind. The kind that when combined with hard data is where I believe the magic can happen. And there's a lot of conflicting data these days about who's going back to brick and mortar stores to shop, who's sticking to online and who's doing both. Bed Bath & Beyond has been closing stores. They say it's due to the pandemic. At the same time, they're continuing to focus on e-commerce, which is where they're seeing their growth. Nothing hit home on the accuracy of that data more 
that when I walked into the location in Tribeca last week, which is a large, clean, beautifully well-kept store, I was pretty much empty. I noticed. I paid attention. I connected the dots. I took note. I tell my students I have superpowers. I can tell when they're Googling something to learn more about whatever we're discussing in class and when they're making a purchase on Amazon. Why? Because I pay attention to more than one thing at a time. I look for clues. I put the puzzles together. And yes, I am aware I can ban digital devices to my classroom, but that just seems insane to me when I teach digital marketing and social media. Now, whether it's been in the classroom or in my corporate career, my job has always been to hold someone's attention. And you know, you can't do that very well if you yourself are not paying attention. Paying attention has been my secret weapon to professional success and also to personal success, especially when combined with empathy. But you can't use it if the thing that's getting the majority of your attention is your mobile device. So give it a whirl. Put the phone away as you're walking to get lunch. Notice what and who is in your immediate surroundings. You will be amazed by what you can learn that can be applicable to your business and your life. It has even been known to spark creativity. I can't wait to see what happens when you give this a try. Thanks so much for listening to Marketing Mindfulness and Martinis. If you liked what you heard, please share with your friends. Give us a rating on iTunes or Spotify so other people can find us and hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. If you've got a question you'd like answered or a topic you'd like me to cover, please drop me a note. Info at joannetombrakis.com. And until next time, remember... Whatever got you to where you are isn't enough to keep you there.